Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. These are the nights that you remember forever. These are the feelings you want to last forever. Share them with your niggas that you can laugh with and cry together. Raise your glass, get flat, live your life and then fly together. These are the times the sure they live for. If she died for you, then give her everything to live for. These are the times that I prepared for. Late night, early mornings, also I can stay on course. To turn my dreams into reality. Uh, yeah. I say of course. To turn my dreams into reality. I say of course. I won't do this for the glory. Cause everybody got a story. Then I'm building this 20 stories. Yeah. I'ma tell my story. Yeah. I will do this for the glory. Yeah. Cause everybody got a story. Yeah. Then I'm building this story. Yeah. Shit, I'ma tell my story. Yeah. Get your glasses up and talk to this. Celebrate it early. That shot I took ain't supposed to miss. Fourth quarter, I promise I'm on the shit. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into today's show. I'm your host, Sasha Marina, and you're tuned into the Sasha Marina Show. So uh, I'm going to read a little intro for you guys of who this special guest is that we have today. Um, He goes by the name of Captain Dan Willis, a 25-year police veteran. He is a former homicide investigator and SWAT commander who has developed wellness programs and specializes in providing emotional survival and wellness training to first responders. So um, there's a lot in there. There's a lot going on in there. There's... This man is definitely um, a country hero. You know, maybe not world known, but uh, definitely someone that has served us and um, you know our people in many different ways. So that's uh, that's you know I'm proud of having uh, someone like that on the show. Uh, he's also a graduate of San Diego State University and the FBI National Academy. And Captain Willis is actually on the show to speak about something that he had, has been working on and has released already, which is his new book called Bulletproof Spirit, which is the first responders' essential resources for protecting and healing mind and heart. So what better way than, I guess, from the words of someone that has already gone through this, giving you his, um, I guess, key motivational uh, things to 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 really abide by and hopefully help you as a first responder. And something very, you know, very point on that mentions healing mind and heart, reason being, I'm sure that these people see so many things I could only... Well, I can't even imagine. I don't even want to begin to imagine the horrible things that they see through the years. So um, I guess healing the mind and heart is something very essential for being a first responder of any caliber. So without further ado, I'm going to have uh, Captain Willis live on the show. Hello, Captain. How are you? Hi, doing real well. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So um, before we begin, I'd like to thank you for your time, for taking your time to be on the show with us. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much. Okay. So um, I had a little introductory there for you. Tell us a little bit more about Bulletproof Spirit, because this is really what you're trying to push right now. Um, Your first book, correct? Sure, yes. Uh, Bulletproof Spirit is basically an emotional survival 
guidebook, and it uh, provides proactive wellness strategies that will help to protect, heal, and nurture the spirit of not only first responders, police, fire, paramedics, nurses, uh, our military personnel, but also their loved ones and those who care for them. Because really, the, the people don't really understand the adverse effects that being a first responder has on our health and wellness, the quality of our life, and our inner spirit. And uh, most people don't understand this, but the number one cause of death every year for police officers in America is suicide. We lose almost 200 officers by their own hand every single year, far more than get assaulted, who die in uh, car collisions or of heart attacks. And also we have about 120,000 police officers who go to work every single day with serious symptoms of PTSD. Most of them not really understanding what they have, but trying the best they can to try to cope and get through day after day. We also are losing 22 military veterans to suicide every day, one active duty soldier and uh, 21 uh, veterans. So it's a very, very serious matter. When there's a first responder whose spirit is suffering, the community suffers as well because we're not able to give them the highest quality of professional service that they really need and demand. So it's in really everyone's interest that we look at this issue and and take better care of ourselves and our first responders. You know, um, and when you're working in in, in these forces, whether, like you mentioned, you're a fighter, fighter, a police officer, even a soldier, um, are, are most of them aware of where they can get help when they're going through these issues? Uh, not really, but we're getting better at it. I mean, in the past, it's always been you just kind of hope for the best. And a lot of times, uh, your agency doesn't really talk to you about it, and mm-hmm. they, they hope that you're going to be okay, but far too many times, we're not okay. So the the message is, is getting out there more and more, that there is help available. But the main reason for me writing the book is there really isn't emotional wellness survival uh, resource book that tells you, hey, you don't have to wait to be a victim of the job. You can do many, many things proactively to help ensure your wellness and, and mitigate some of those adverse effects. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, out of um, out of this 200 policemen that commit 20, uh, you know, I mean, commit suicide a year, this is um, this is something that is not shown in the news. Um, at the moment, we've what we see about policemen lately have been m- mostly negative, um, negative things. You know, um, some good, some bad, but mostly the media really tends to put the community's perspective on policemen. Um, you know, I, I I don't know why it's not that way, but it tends to be a little bit negative most of the time. And at the moment, that's that's what it seems like. Why aren't things like this? being put out there for people to know that, look, policemen are just as human beings as we all are, and, you know, look at what they go through, and there's this huge elephant in, you know, in the nation um, that nobody's even paying mind to. I mean, that's such a great point. Um, I mean, we really do wish the the public saw us as as humans as well, because we really are. We fear and we suffer and we bleed just like everybody else. And when we hold a, a baby in our arms that just died or had to maybe look through 700 pictures of infants or children being sexually molested, how do you go home and be an uh, engaged, uh, involved parent 
or a spouse, it has mm-hmm. to affect us. And and really, we need to do a better job within the first responder professions to to kind of talk about the issues that uh, we're dealing with. I mean, most first responder agencies I know don't realize that suicide is the number one cause of death. So we really don't do a good job ourselves and within our own culture of getting the word out. But if you can imagine, if we were losing one airliner every year in America that had 200 people on it, the public would be up mm-hmm. in arms, you know, demanding mm-hmm. that hey, we have to do something right now. And we're losing that many officers every year, and nobody really even knows about it. So, it, it, and as I said, it's it's very much related to the quality of service that the community is getting. So it's in everyone's interest to look at this issue, um, whether we want to talk about it or not, and see what we can do proactively to, to help mitigate some of these uh, uh, effects that we're all dealing with. Definitely. And, you know, to also um, you mentioned that soldiers, um, active duty soldiers or veterans or and veterans, um, about 21 commit um, suicide every day. Uh, you know, we're thinking that soldiers only die in battle. Uh, you know, but it's, there's other things that are, you know, that are that go into this. How, oh, ab- what, absolutely. What, you know, uh, you started the movement by creating uh, a book. How else do you think can we really, you know, inform the nation about these issues with, with, with our heroes? Because you guys are our nation heroes. You guys are the ones that are keeping us safe every day. You know, and you know, as a police officer, as a, you know, as a SWAT commander, as a firefighter, as a soldier, you're keeping us safe. I'm safe in my house because of you. So, how can we really, I don't know, give, give more information and really put this light out there for everyone, for every American citizen, to really be aware of these um, of these issues and um, help out in some way or another. Well, the the best way is just to to kind of raise the consciousness of of society know that that these issues are very serious and are going on within the first responder communities and that the community can play a, a large part in helping us to be well. Um, now, my book uh, is pretty much the first one that offers, there's over 40 wellness initiatives and emotional survival methods in there. And if uh, people go to the website firstresponderwellness.com, they can get a lot of information about that and where to access the book. But if, if uh, the community, if, if they just um, will see us more as humans with, with, with human needs and, and maybe a little more understanding. Now, there definitely is, is not ever an excuse for an officer not being professional or using excessive force. And when that happens, it needs to be dealt with. But, you know, there might be something behind that. You know, when, when you're yelling at an officer why it took them so long to come out and take your, your, your burglary report, you don't know if that officer just watched a baby die or maybe they've had two hours of sleep, you know, every night for the last week or so. And you really don't know what's going on within that person. So uh, just maybe a little more understanding, a little more empathy. Um, and, and we in the first responder communities, on the other hand, have to do a better job of reaching out to the community, of connecting with them, of trying to partner with them um, so they can help us and we can serve them much more effectively. Okay. You um, and, your, and your website also um, says that you actually um, you are available to provide training seminars. Um, have have you done any recently, or are you planning to do um, any in the near future? 
Uh, yes, I am. Um, now, I'm still working as an active police captain, though I plan mm-hmm. to retire this December. So I'll be much more available to travel. Oh, thank you, after uh, <laughs> 26 years. But uh, I have taught more locally where I work here in Southern California um, mm-hmm. throughout various agencies. And uh, I've just recently been booked by an agency in Kansas to go there to provide a seminar in February. So I'm hoping as the information in the book kind of gets out there and gets more well-known, that I'll be asked to uh, go out and provide some of this training. Okay. And, uh, you know, in your experience in the force in, in Southern California for these past 26 years, um, do you feel that things have changed for the better in the community? I know that's a very broad question, but, you know, um, you, you've I, seen it all probably, and Southern California is quite different from the rest of um, of our nation. I think things are improving, and and I know definitely within the police culture community and within the, the first responder communities generally, um, things are far better as far as our training and how well we can do our job. Uh, we don't do a very good job on the emotional survival part, mm-hmm. but, uh, I mean, uh, we have so many people in prison because the police are, have gotten so efficient and effective at being able to solve solve and respond to crimes. And I think um, relationships in certain communities, you know, it, it kind of comes and goes with, with specific incidents that happen. But uh, overall, um, especially in my community here uh, in La Mesa, the suburb of San Diego, I mean, uh, the community truly does support us and, and really uh, loves us and, and wants the very best for us. And we have a very good working relationship. And in others, it might not be quite uh, going on that well, but there's always room for improvement for first responders to connect more with the people in the community. I mean, we, we kind of do ourselves a disservice and sometimes thinking the community is something out there and And sometimes we get this victim mentality of us against them or them against us. And that really is a tremendous disservice because we are the community. The community is the police. We are are all in this together to be safe. We're the only people that that protect and give life to people. And people depend on this, on us for their life and well-being. So uh, there really is a lot more we can do to help improve um, the relationships between the police and the community. Definitely, that's that's very important, and then that you know that that goes for every community. Uh, Captain Willis, do you happen to be the first um, to be a police officer in your family? Uh, yes, uh, I had a okay. distant uncle who uh, was a police officer up in Idaho, but uh, I had very very little contact with him, especially growing up. So really, I, I am the first uh, one to be a police officer in my family, and I want to be a police officer from a very young age. My mom used to read me stories when I was a little kid, seven, eight years old, of famous people who did a lot of good in their life. And she said, you have a responsibility to to be a positive influence in people's lives. And she instilled within me a sense to want to help people and to protect people. And ever since I can remember, I've wanted to be a police officer to help. Okay. Now, let's... um. As as a police officer, I'm sure that you see things that you, you think, well, how how does how does this happen? How how do people let this happen? You know, uh, maybe it's pe- people don't don't realize what's going around their surroundings. Uh, it could be with they, they get robbed or 
they get their house gets broken into. Um, you know, they they're not aware of the security measures that needs to be put input in their life, and therefore some unwilling things happen to them. Um, what are some pointers that you can give us, um, you know, as a regular citizen, that can keep us safer day to day? The main thing I like to tell people is just kind of use common sense and be more self-aware of your surroundings, more aware of kind of what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. For example, if you're at the mall, uh, if you're going out to your car and it's at nighttime, don't have your head buried in your cell phone texting or something. Mm-hmm. You know, be looking around, mm-hmm. see if there's anyone walking by you, anyone watching you or anything like that. When you approach your car, before you put the key in, in look around. Is anyone nearby? Just just be more aware. If you do see something that's suspicious, I mean, you, you'd be absolutely amazed at what people see who never call us. Uh, if you mm-hmm. see something, it doesn't have to be a crime happening right now. If you just have a suspicion, call the police, let them come out, and let them figure out what's going on. We need the community to be our eyes and ears and, and let us know their suspicions of what's happening so we can hopefully take care of problems before someone ends up victimizing somebody. And at, at home, it's really important to be a really good neighbor. Get to know your neighbors. Talk with your neighbors. So you're kind of watching out for each other. I mean, there's a lot of communities where people don't even know their neighbors. They never even mm-hmm. see them or anything. Get to know your neighbors. Uh, do a, a, a community watch group something so there is some interaction exchange phone numbers so when you're home and maybe you see something suspicious or a strange car in your neighbor's driveway you'll hopefully do something about it and and call the police okay that's that's definitely right um and yeah i guess that you know nowadays we have more things that are that i guess that are part of um are removed like you mentioned the cell phone and, and and it's not only when people are walking to the car, it's when they're crossing the street, it's when they're driving. You know, right. uh this this little device, it's it's overpowering like the human mind to a certain point. And it's you know, it's like overwhelming sometimes when you see people like, Oh my god, like pay attention. Right. Um, <laughs> so there's not much attention being paid um on our everyday moves. Um you know, it, it I, I, I don't know if this will ever be uh, something that we would like come over now um, because it's it's kind of blasted in our face 24-7 um, you know this, the iPhone 6 just come out and now Samsung is already saying oh we'll get the Note 4 so um, you know get the better phone get the faster technology uh, you know um, inputting technology into this there's a lot of crime being done, you know, through technology, you, you know, hacking, um, people stealing your, your credit card information. And this just happened to my mother the other day. Somebody did a transaction with her card, like, across the country. And she's like, you know, well, how does that happen? So, um, I No, I just I, had I that happen with me with someone in England used used my credit card. So yeah. it, it uh, yeah. happens all over. Yeah, it it does, um, and you have to be aware of those things. You know, luckily she's on top of her statements. I know there's probably a lot of people that are not even on top of their statements. You're like, oh, well, I just thought I had this much money, and now <laughs> it's right. not there. Um, I don't know if you, if you um, you know, in your force, if, if you've been, you know, have to deal with these sort of issues, but how are some ways that people, um, you know, can pay more attention to those things, you know? Um, uh, I guess techno- technological crime, if I should uh, put a word to it. Well, well, again, I think it's it's the same basic theme of learning to 
to kind of force yourself to be more self-aware. You know, when you when you purchase something and you're using a debit card and you're punching in your PIN, you know, make make sure that someone's not you know looking over your shoulder or watching you do that. Um, like you mentioned, check your credit card statements. Know kind of where your money's going and um, and just be more aware. And if something is questionable then definitely follow up on it and see what you can do. So, And also shred shred stuff. Don't throw bills and, and things just out in the trash. You know, you, People should be shredding pretty much everything. Uh, identity theft is just so, so prevalent. It can be so devastating and so easy to do. So people really have to protect themselves and shred everything and watch what they're throwing away. Oh, definitely. That's something that I've seen, like, my mother do ever since I was, like, a little kid. Um, She would, anything that had her name on it, basically, even if it didn't have any other personal information, anything that had her name on it, she would rip away before she threw it in the trash. And that's something that I do now without even being aware. Like, even if I get a receipt of some sort and maybe I swipe my card on it or whatever, and it obviously has my name and and info, like, I rip up everything because, um, like you said, you, you never know. Right, you never know, um, and there are people out there that are going through everything, so don't give them the opportunity. Yeah, and this is something that you have to, I mean, the younger you learn it, um, I guess, <laughs> the better it will be for you in life. Right. So, so most definitely. Uh, Captain Willis, is there anything else that you, um, any other message that you'd like to uh, tell us? That would, uh, whether it be for the community, whether it be for, for a fellow um you know, police officer, soldier, firefighter, any first responder out there that might be listening? Well, the main point I would like to leave people with is if you're in a first responder profession or you're in a job that really deals with a lot of acute stress or trauma or if you've suffered some tragedies in your life, you don't have to be a victim of that or a victim of your profession. I mean, there are things that are very, very effective that I describe in the book that will help to protect, heal, and nurture your spirit, that will help you move past trauma, to help you uh, kind of process the stress you're dealing with. So you can not only survive your career, but actually reach your retirement and thrive and be well and look back on your career with pride and with all the good that you've been able to do, all, all the people you've been able to save and help and positively influence instead of spending your career trying really hard to forget all the bad stuff. So there, it's a positive message, a hope. It's a, it's a path toward wellness and healing. And I just wish uh, people would, would make this information available to themselves so hopefully they won't be victimized by what they see. Okay, most definitely. Now, well, you know, we've spoken about the book and all, but we haven't mentioned where people can uh, find it and, and, and purchase the book. Yes, uh, on the website, firstresponderwellness.com mm-hmm. will provide information on the book as, as well as where they could get it and download it as well. Okay, perfect. So it says here that um, you guys can find it on Amazon.com, IndieBound, Barnes & Noble, all online, pretty accessible. I'm sure that you can just uh, write down the title on Google um, by Captain Dan Willis and it will pop up for, for, you, for right. you all. And if they go if they go to firstresponderwellness.com, it has links mm-hmm. to all those yeah. sites. It will make it real easy for them. Definitely. So, uh, Captain Willis, I'd like to thank you so much for your time, for, you know, for um, – your words of wisdom 
and all. Um, I congratulate you for almost retiring in December. What a great uh, New Year's resolution that. I'm sure that you'll find a way to to stay involved with the community anyways. But, um, you know, if Southern California hasn't thanked you, I thank you for being, um, you know, a hero of our country. Well, thank you very, very much. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and it was my pleasure. Thank you. You take care. (laughs) Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, so there you have it, Captain Dan Willis. Uh, thank him so much for being on. If you guys listened to what he had to say or if you're just tuning in, you might have missed, you know, the whole interview. But you can always go back to our Block Block Radio page um, forward slash Flash Marina Show and you could listen to this interview once again. Uh, make sure to purchase his book if you're a first responder of any, of, you know, any uh, caliber. Um, go to um, Wellness. Let's see. You go to firstresponderwellness.com. And you can find all the, all the links where you can purchase the book or even maybe read a little synopsis on it. And as for us, you can find us at thesashamunishow.com. Follow us uh, through there. Um, keep up with us through a uh, Facebook page, The Sasha Marina Show. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Sasha Marina, all that good stuff. So uh, coming up, we have interview with uh, director Stephen Paul Judd. He is um, director of upcoming uh, horror flick called The Butchers. It looks very gruesome, and um, hopefully he comes on and talks about it, and maybe you guys can check it out before Halloween. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in, and bye-bye.